Happy 100th Atomic Moms. Happy 100th episode, Atomic Moms. It feels ridiculous to say this from like a podcast. I have just learned so, so much about myself and I'm going to cry, but this is like, it's just been really meaningful to me. So, and like when you talk about like reparenting yourself, like I just think you hit all of these issues. So, (laughs) thank you. Welcome to Atomic Moms, a modern parenting podcast about the joys and complexities of caring for our children and ourselves. I'm Ellie Noss, and each week we celebrate, like today, and commiserate with best-selling authors, parenting experts, and moms around the world. 100 episodes, guys. I wish I had planes to give away to everybody. You get a plane, you get a plane, you get a plane, and they're solar-paneled planes so they don't affect the environment. As my girlfriend Claire joked, This is monumental. New listeners, welcome. Welcome to the party. Uh, Subscribe, itunes.com backslash Atomic Moms. Check out our website, atomicmoms.com. Find us on social media. Come on in for an Atomic Moms hug. Okay, some of you guys aren't into hugs. I get it. Hey, my mom breaks out in hives if she holds a hug for more than 10 seconds. If you are a hugs hives, breaker outer, you're welcome too. Here's what I think of when I think of Atomic Mamas. We are good people. We try really hard. We want what's best for our children. We have a hard time accepting our own awesomeness sometimes, but we're working on it. The dorky part of us that got made fun of in middle school or high school, when we let that dorky part of us out to play, that's our sweet spot as parents. That's a part of us that can dance with our kids in the kitchen. That's a part of us willing to risk making a fool out of ourselves by going up to a stranger and making a new mom friend on the playground. I've been thinking a lot about what differentiates the Atomic Moms movement. And I think it's that we're all in the trenches together. There's no us versus them. We are Switzerland in the mommy wars. Some atomic mamas have challenges and roadblocks and frustrations and past histories that I cannot imagine. Some of us didn't know our mothers. Some of us wish we didn't know our mothers. Some of us had the kind of mom who put the towel in the dryer before wrapping her little one up all cozy and safe. What matters is that we're all showing up now to learn how to live with big hearts and joy and how to not murder our partners those of us who are lucky enough to have good ones. Atomic Mamas, we don't sugarcoat, but we are kind. We can sniff out inauthenticity a mile away. We're a safe harbor for our children and the other mothers we interact with. I cherish every message I get from y'all. And I called a few of you this week. I called Germany. I called Nova Scotia. And it was like talking to old friends It's like I've been sending letters out in a bottle every week, and now I get to actually talk to the people who rescued me off the island. Because motherhood can be an island. Working mamas, it can be lonely, right? Stay-at-home mamas, whew, it can be lonely. Well, in a small way, I feel like we've all come together, right? There's a lot of moms on my island now. And so I've been (laughs) putting together this episode. And in producing it, I really thought about some of the lessons I've learned in the past from Atomic Moms. I keep hearing our guest Martha Beck saying, it's got to be fun. Like, follow the fun. So I reached out to some listeners. And this is insane, but here's what I did. I 
basically reached out to some listeners and said, hey, look, I know you've listened to like 80 hours of this show, and uh, so I'm going to call you tomorrow, and you're going to be on it. Cool? Uh, and they said yes. <laughs> and then came the editing, because who knew interviewing eight amazing women and then having to like chop it apart so it could just be one episode. Who knew that would be like insanely ambitious to try to get done within 24 hours when your daughter has a cold. But I thought about my whole like have a B plus year theory and how many things never see the light of day because they weren't perfect because they weren't going to be an A. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do the best I can in the time I have. And I'm so glad we're doing this. Y'all are the best company a gal could keep. So in a mom group, you go around in a circle and you share a little bit about yourself to a group of strangers who could become your nearest and dearest friends. You all are my mom group. So I'm going to go around this little Atomic Moms group circle now. And one by one, mothers in our tribe are going to tell us a little bit about why they listen. They're going to give us a little peek into their lives as mothers. Do you remember at the beginning of the separation anxiety episode when I read a letter from a listener in San Diego? Well, we're calling Elizabeth now. When she told her husband she was going to be on Atomic Moms, her husband was like, oh, that's like if Planet Money called me, which of course made my day because my husband's obsessed with Planet Money. Hello. Hello, Elizabeth. Hi, this is Elizabeth. Hi, Elizabeth. It's the other Elizabeth. It's Ellie from Atomic Moms. <laughs> How are you? Oh. I'm great, and I'm so excited to be talking to you this morning. Uh, your little boy is celebrating his second birthday this week, so we got to give him a big shout-out. Oh, yeah. I, I cannot believe it. Yeah, my son Isaac is training, two on Friday, and it's the most cliche thing in the world to say, but I really don't know where the last two years have gone. <laughs> it's a blur, right? It really is, and I am like feeling extra nostalgic and emotional this week. Elizabeth, I wanted to ask you, what was your favorite Atomic Moms episode? Well, obviously the one where you talked about me. Yeah, I mean, that was a great one. <laughs> no. no, I'm kidding. But um, I was actually going for a walk listening to your episode. And I heard you go, and now I'm going to read a letter uh, from one of my listeners in San Diego. And I'm like, no, like there's so many people that live in San Diego. And then you start reading my letter and I like, literally stopped on the sidewalk and I was like, Oh my God. Um, so that was an exciting moment, but really when I was like looking through all of your episode lists, I'm not trying to flatter. It was like so hard to choose what my favorite was because like rereading all the episode lists, it was like looking back in a yearbook, remembering all my old friends. And I was like, Oh, I remember that one. You know, the, the college essay guy, blah, blah, blah. Um, but when I, when I really narrow it down, your episode with Robin McGraw, my absolute favorite, I think, just because I connected with it on such a personal level. Wow. Um, and it kind of ties with your one of your more recent ones with Bianca. Those mm -hmm. two kind of really dovetailed for me. But so I couldn't I couldn't pick between the two with Robin and Bianca, but yeah. they kind of had similar themes. And the Robin McGraw episode, I was just uh, blown away by her openness. Yeah. Well, and I think the thing that just that melted me in that episode when she was telling that story about her mom passing away mm -hmm. and that moment of clarity that she had about self-care, it's, it's not selfish. It's really a necessity. And, and oftentimes we kind of, you know, you hear self-care, 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 but it's, it's not something that to be taken lightly. When are you happiest being a mother? You know, honestly, 
recently, I'm happiest being a mother when I'm helping other moms. Um, that's been kind of a new interest and passion of mine. Now that I've gotten through like that first crazy year where you're just surviving, mm-hmm. it feels really good to to give back to other moms that are in that crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I can't help myself from connecting with the new moms because I just have so much compassion and empathy for them. Um, an example is like most recently, my husband and I were walking through the neighborhood and I literally like met a new mom friend on the street and, um, and we've, we've become really good friends now. And so now my husband always teases me when we're walking through the neighborhood and we see like a pregnant lady, he's like, Hey, that lady's pregnant. Are you going to be friends with her? (laughs) I'm like, you know, leave me alone. (laughs) Um, but, but it feels really good to, to connect with other moms, um, because, you know, they get it, but even better to really help moms that are in that low spot. Is there a struggle that you've had in parenting that you're willing to share with us? Like, what's the, yeah, been the you know, biggest surprise or toughest nut to crack? You know, I think the most defining struggle with parenthood for me has been um, my conflict between um, deciding whether to continue working or not. Um, I was a working parent for about 11 months, and then it's been about eight or nine months now since I stopped working full-time. Um, and so when I think back on the last two years, I think so much of my like time and energy was consumed by like that battle, that emotional battle of, should I keep working? Should I not? Mm-hmm. Um, and I've come out the other side of that, but that was a, I think I would say that's probably the single most difficult struggle I've encountered in the last two years. Is there anything you miss about work? Oh, so much. Um, it's funny because when, when I was still working every day, I felt, I was thinking, Oh, should I stop working? And, and now that I'm not working, it's about once a week. Should I go back to work? (laughs) So, Mm. um, I don't think you ever feel at peace, like completely at peace with that decision. I I know I've spoken to many other people who feel the same way. Um, but I, I honestly, I left my dream job. So that's what I missed the most is I really was really enjoying the work I was doing. Wait, what industry? Oh yeah. Um, I, I was working actually, um, at a university. I was an administrator at a university. Um, so I, the, the work itself was so fulfilling to me. Um, and I had amazing coworkers and honestly, it was kind of a big surprise to everyone when I stopped working, mm-hmm. um, because they knew I loved my job so much. And literally I was having people coming up to me going, everything. Okay. Like, mm-hmm. like surely something must be wrong if you're leaving your job. And it's like, no, everything's good. I feel really at peace with the decision, but, um, and I still keep in close contact with all my coworkers. I, I don't think that the, the story ends here. I do see myself mm-hmm. going back. Um, you know, we love second acts I, on Atomic Moms. Exactly. <laughs> obsessed with and I, and I think I really came to peace when I finally flipped that script from giving up to just making an intentional and short-term decision for my family. Thank you, Elizabeth, for sharing that with us. When Elizabeth decided she wanted to do cloth diapers, her mom went to the fabric shop because uh, she decided that they could learn how to make the diapers themselves. I guess it was a little more trouble than it was worth. But Elizabeth would like to thank her mother for her pioneering spirit. Next up, we're going to Sacramento to meet Tara. What makes you happiest about being a mom to your little Edie, who is turning two this December? 
at her age now, I just really love watching her do things on her own. I think that I'm happiest just sitting back and watching her. Uh, I try not to interact with her while she plays unless she wants me to, because it's just so interesting to me to see how she figures things out or she'll think of something that I never would have thought of to do with a certain toy or just a random um, thing around the house. It reminds me of our recent episode uh, that we just did on understanding Montessori and just this idea that our kids are so much more creative than we are. So like, just back yeah. off. Like, they'll come up with the most brilliant things and they're learning right now. And so when we go in there and we uh-huh. fix and change and micromanage, it it kind of ruins the fun for them. What are some of the pieces of advice that you've gotten from the show that you've implemented in your life? The Sleep Easy Solution episode with Jennifer Waldberger was perfect timing for me. By the time I caught up to that episode, um, my daughter, I think, cause I remember Bianca talking about how they bed shared until her daughter was maybe 14 months or so. But at the time my daughter was right around that age and we also bed shared and nursed and I'm actually still nursing my daughter, but I had never heard of anyone sleep training, uh, a child who had bed shared. So it it felt like it was the perfect story for me to hear because we were starting to get to the point where we kind of wanted our daughter to sleep in her own crib and not have us rock her to sleep and hold her for her naps. It was starting to get to that point. And I just hearing Bianca's story really helped me because I thought, well, someone else has sleep trained a bed sharing child and it worked for her and it worked for us. I went out and I read the book and it only took a couple nights and um, it worked really well for us. So that was probably my favorite episode that made a huge difference. Um, Do you have a question for me that I can answer? So I, I know your daughter is a little over a year older than mine. And I was just wondering in your opinion, what, What do I have to look forward to for that from two to three-year-old age range? It's so much fun right now. (laughs) It's so much fun. I'd say watching the friendships blossom, Um, mm -hmm. it's really fascinating because every day she has a new best friend that she's talking about. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and oh. <laughs> we went to this parents' night at her preschool last week, and some of the parents were joking about how Sabrina will be running for student council. And it's <laughs> really, really That's adorable. funny because you're like, oh, as much as I don't want to project onto her personality traits, and I want her to be able to you know, change every minute if she wants to. Whatever feels right to her, that's great. I don't want to pigeonhole her or be like, yeah. oh, my ki- my kid is this way. I don't want to do that. Yeah. And I'm really careful about it. But it's still fun to watch what she presents on a weekly basis. Yeah, It's fun to see the parts of me or the parts of my husband uh, that come through her and then the parts of her that are all her own. <laughs> right. Next up, we're meeting Michelle. She's a college access professional helping high schoolers with getting them into affordable college options so they don't have too much debt when they graduate. Michelle is also a recovering perfectionist like myself. So the Atomic Moms episode that definitely got me hooked 
was um, Secrets to Producing a Beautiful Family with Randall Winston. Um, and the reason why is because he has a biracial family and um, my family, I have um, my son and my daughter are biracial because um, I'm a white Latina and my husband is black. And so, yeah, I really loved listening to the episode and knowing that, you know, Atomic Moms um, has like a ton of different perspectives and brings in a ton of different people. And um, that's what, yeah, really made me know that it was the show for me. Do you have any tips for our listeners about, you know, raising a multicultural family? You know, we we have like a lot of different perspectives in our family. Um, three out of my four of my kids' four grandparents are immigrants. So my dad's from Colombia and um, my husband's parents are from Montserrat. So I really think like just surrounding yourself with family and definitely really want to be open and honest um, about race. And, you know, it's interesting the observations that young kids have about like, you know, color skin and, you know, is my skin more like your skin or like dad's skin and um, just, you know, letting those conversations happen and really like embrace them and make it so that it's not like this taboo subject. So, yeah, so those are some of the things. Um, I also, <laughs> I also um, really am hoping to bring like Spanish language into our family and I do not speak Spanish and wish I did. So um, I'm thinking about, you know, future trips um, if we both have jobs where we have summers off, like in schools, um, being able to like travel together as a family for a month, like to Colombia and take Spanish language classes together. And will you take me with you? I'll be, <laughs> I'll be the au pair. We would love to have you. Yeah, I'm really hoping that that happens. That's like my dream right now. So you mentioned in your letter that you know, having your two children, that you really look at life differently now, that you were super type Mm. A, and now you're learning how to like, you know, let it go, fly a little loose, kind of like this interview today, I got to say. I came up with this last second, and I'm so grateful that you were like, yeah, sure, I'll jump on the phone. Uh, So what's, what was that transition like for you? What was, what's been the biggest change? Yeah. Yeah, I, that was definitely an adjustment at the beginning. Um, and, you know, I used to spend my weekends, like, organizing, taking care of these, like, little items. Um, I used to keep all of my receipts and, like, have them in, like, different envelopes by month, for example. So all of these things that I used to do that I realized, like, you know, I really need to be careful with my time and really just, like, only spend my time doing what is like most important, which is like being present with my children. When are you happiest being a mother? Once we're, you know, we've done the like routine with the pajamas and brushing teeth at the end of the evening. Um, and before we read books, um, we're in our, we're in my kid's bedroom together and um, we play like a song on YouTube. So my, my son's really into the song Seven Years by Lucas Graham right now. So we play that song on YouTube and we just like dance and we sing and we're just like, you know, just really just into into the music. So I love I love that moment together that we that we share. Thank you so much, Michelle. Next up in our mom group, I have Lizzie, mama to 19-month-old twin girls. She's a healthcare analyst and I'm calling her at work. So she's whispering in the conference room. I think 
I'm, I'm happiest when I remember to be present. And I, that's actually one of your big messages that I hear in practically every episode is just to really try and stay present. When I actively focus on being present, it just, it just changes my interaction with my girls. When I sit down and I play with them and I'm not looking at my clock or worried about my phone, that's when I just love being a mom. You know, when you wake up in the morning and you're stumbling with them and thinking about, you know, the day or bedtime and helping them wind down at night or playing outside and you're really present in the activity with them. That's when I just love being a mom. And, you know, it took me a really long time to get pregnant. And, um, and sometimes when I go back and think about those three years of thinking that it was never going to happen and then being able to be with my girls, um, that's when I, I just love being a mom. And I think it's, Every day I wake up and I am just so happy to see them. Not that by the end of the day, sometimes I'm ready for them to go to bed. Um, <laughs> totally. <laughs> but, um, you know, oh. I always start out right in the morning. So. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for sharing that. What's one thing that your own mother gave you that you'd like to pass on to your children? You know, my mom was a special ed teacher. And, you know, nowadays I think we talk a lot about kids with disabilities and making sure that everyone feels included. And, you know, I think my mom, my mom did that for me and my brother before it was, before it was in vogue. And um, she was in a special ed classroom. So we were exposed to children that had challenges early on. And, um, and I know that that gave me a really great perspective, even as a child to make sure that kids who had different abilities were included. And I invited them to my birthday parties and interacted with them in the classroom. And I know that I mean, I was very lucky because I had a front row seat in my mom's own classroom and she would take my brother and I on field trips with her. And I think having that experience of being included with those kids, you know, made me willing to to practice that in, in, in my own classroom. And I think that's what I want. I want to expose my girls to um, kids of all kinds, you know, right from the beginning, because I think that that really helps you know, as they move through life to remember that everyone deserves to be included, that everyone has feelings and that, you know, for the most part, no matter what activity you're doing, there is some way to help another child or friend participate in that activity. Which episode resonated the most for you so far? Yours actually, Atomic Moms was my first foray into podcasting started with episode one because um, I always believe in starting at the beginning and you know I've I, I have little nuggets from from every episode that I've taken um, taken with me and I love you know Dr. Shapali and Susan Stiffelman and Ethan Sawyer and the interview with Margot Bergen that killed me I think I really the one episode that I go back to in my mind often is the one where you interview Jenny in France and Diana in Vietnam Yes. Because I just think hearing about their experiences as parents and the norms of of other countries and cultures, just, you know, it's a good reminder that when I start to go down the rabbit hole of, of the American uh, parenting guilt that hits me on a daily basis, that it's just a good way. But I think that episode reminds me that there's not one way to, to do it. Do you have a question for me? Um, if you're ever in Baltimore, D.C., can we get coffee? Yes, of course. Okay, I'm going to play a little matchmaker when we come back from this break because Lizzie, mama of twins, I need you to meet Lindsay, mama of twins in Hamburg. 
I actually YouTubed how to pronounce that. Hamburg, Germany. <laughs> we'll be right back. Before we get to Lindsay, I just want to encourage everyone to share Atomic Moms. I don't have a marketing budget, and I spend all my time producing next week's episode. So if you could help me out, that would be huge. Please subscribe on iTunes. Go to iTunes.com backslash Atomic Moms. Leave a review if you like us. Sign up for our newsletter. You can go to AtomicMoms.com, and you can find where you fill out the form for our newsletter. I promise I don't do it every week because I find that so aggravating. Find us on social media, hashtag Atomic Moms, reach out. Thank you. Okay, Lindsay. Lindsay met her husband in the States, and he's German, and she already knew how to speak German. And I love that when she was studying it, she had no idea that she would eventually move to Germany or that this would be how she'd communicate with her in-laws and basically everyone around her now. Here is the story of Lindsay and her husband and their little twins. What was the conversation you guys had when you decided to move to Germany and start a family there? I think the biggest question was, you know, what kind of lifestyle were we looking for? And he, and most people have six weeks of vacation in Germany. That's pretty average. And so it was kind of a no brainer. I'm a teacher, so I get 13 weeks of vacation regardless. But wow. for him to only have 10, 10 weeks of, or 10 days of vacation was kind of silly because then we'd always have to come and visit his parents and then we'd never be able to travel anywhere else. And we really enjoy traveling. So that wasn't the best option for us. And the lifestyle is really amazing here. I really like to live here. Yeah. What's the best part? Give us the dirt. What's like, if we were to live vicariously through you for this one moment on the podcast, like what's something special? <laughs> is it really good coffee? Um, I love the food there, yeah, actually. I grew up on yeah, sausage really and coffee. all that. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, my last you name is Noss. But... This... Okay. You would enjoy going to all the festivals then. Yes. Um, Beer yeah, gardens. Yeah, great food, um, good coffee. And yeah, not so many beer gardens up here. That's more Southern. But yeah, there's mm. definitely a handful. And uh, I, just, I just love, like, the city is really easy to get around and really great public transportation. We, I, we don't even have a car. Um, and everything's really central. It's just really, it's really relaxed. Like, so nice. I, I spent hours in my car back home, and those are hours of your life that you don't get to enjoy. And oh, totally you agree. don't have that here. So, oh, that's so yeah. nice. Since I have you on the phone, I'm wondering if you can tell us like a couple differences between German parenting and, you know, if you had raised your kid in Chicago. Um, one thing I definitely noticed is they're very concerned with how warm or cold the child is dressed. And all of my other expat friends have, and myself included have been accosted by German grandmothers who <laughs> like to tell us that our children are improperly dressed. Um, they do the the whole daycare thing a little bit differently. We get a year of paid maternity leave. And so most kids don't start any sort of daycare until they're at least a year old or older. And um, the this, this city, at least this city, provides tons and tons of different things that we can do as parents to, to just kind of get out and everything's all free. They've got lots of play groups or playgrounds where they even have um, some 
people to watch your kids and you can leave them there. I, I pay two euros an hour to leave my children at the playground for a couple hours so I can get a little break. Wow. Um, yeah, it's really cool. I feel like the way that like pregnancy is very, very different here. Everything. My, my gynecologist was prescribing massages for me for my whole last trimester, for example. Um, they take really good care of you during pregnancy. But also, the, I just feel like the biggest difference that I notice, I guess, is that the attitude towards children is a lot different. Um, I feel like people in the States are really excited about having a bunch of kids. I, I worked at a high school in Chicago, and most of my family's had three, four children. And here, it, on average, people start a little bit later and have maybe one or two kids. The um, average size family is a lot smaller here. And I just feel like their attitude is a little bit different. Like people come up to me all the time when they see my twins, total strangers and be like, Oh gosh, twins, that must be really difficult. I feel like that's such a strange thing to say to a stranger. And <laughs> um, when you have these two beautiful smiling children. Well, it seems like there'd be um, less yeah, control and order. Maybe what piece of advice has stuck with you the most from the podcast? So many. Um, I'm going to tell you about the one that I wrote you about. So you had had a, a little reunion episode with Bianca, and I was uh, really impressed with the way that you described it. I mean, everybody always talks about how you shouldn't take a, a child or a toddler's uh, behaviors personally. And obviously, logically, that makes total sense. But emotionally, sometimes you just can't fathom how. Anyway, um, yes. I really liked the examples that, yeah. I like the example that, that you guys gave um, about how Sabrina had thrown all the, the pom-poms in the air. And instead of you getting upset about it, you kind of talked about how magical that must have been for her or that Magnolia had also made some kind of big mess. And, and again, instead of getting angry with her for not picking up the whatever she had thrown on the ground, kind of realizing, oh, she was looking for an opportunity to play a game here. And that, that was really cool for me because, again, it's, it's really easy to take your children's behaviors personally to think, oh, he's whining so much because he wants to go out and he's not being patient with me. But maybe to kind of reframe that in your mind, like what, what might be going through the child's head instead of just telling yourself, don't take it personally, don't take it personally. So mm -hmm. I, I think that kind of helped me a lot. Awesome. Um, when are you happiest <laughs> being a mother? Um. That's really hard to to pick just one bit. Uh, I I'm gonna give you two quick ones then. I would say when they're learning something new, it's just so amazing. It's so amazing to see how quickly, especially at one and a half, they just seem to be learning something new every day, and how they master these new skills or the new words that they start to say. Like my my son just started saying cheese, and he's got the <laughs> biggest smile on his face when he says cheese, and it's also the first word that he is definitely saying in English because. The other words he says, are like shoe or ball, could be either language. Um, mm. Or uh, I also get really excited when they when they love on each other. Like they love to kiss each other. And when they're in the stroller together, they kind of look at each other and play with each other's hands or stroke each other's hair or just get really silly with each other and play games. And, and they laugh a lot together. And it's really beautiful to see. And especially as a, a twin mom, I feel like that's such a special thing that a lot of other parents don't get to experience quite in the same way. So yeah, now I have I twin really envy. enjoy that. <laughs> I have total twin <laughs> envy. One listener right now is still going two euros, two euros. Are you freaking kidding me? 
Of course, I sent Lindsay some prepared questions for that interview, and then I went off on tangents and barely asked her any of those and just asked her brand new ones. So thank you, Lindsay, for letting me throw curveballs at you. Thank you to all of our guests today for winging it. (laughs) Next up, I've got Danielle. She used to work as a home nurse driving hours on hours upon hours a day just to get to her patients. We'd keep her company in the car. She recently switched jobs and now works three nights a week at the hospital. Danielle is one of those mamas who puts things in perspective. Little three-year-old Edie, she's one lucky gal to have this mama. Everybody, meet Danielle. Will you tell us where you are right now? I am actually at my mom's. Um, and I, uh, just got off a night shift at the hospital that I work at. So will you tell us a little bit about that? Um, yeah, I, I work at a small town hospital, um, and I work night shift. So, um, I work like 12 hours, three days a week. So I'm away from my daughter, (laughs) um, during the night. And, um, it's, this isn't a very fast paced hospital that I work in. It's a small town hospital. So, um, not a whole lot going on, but again, I have to be away from my, my kids. So that's pretty, um, I don't know. It, it It's hard because I want to be with her most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> and she's three. She's three. And your nickname for her is Bean, right? Just like me and Sabrina? Yes. Yes, I do. I call her, um, we call her Beanish sometimes. Aww. That's one of our nicknames for her. You know, I just want to be around her all the time, but I can't because I have to, you know, make ED money is what we call it. So, <laughs> so it's totally for her. <laughs> so where do you listen to Atomic Moms? Um, I usually listen to Atomic Moms in the car. It was fun listening to, you know, all the different stories from different moms. And um, it was fun listening to you because you always are funny about something or saying, you know. And um, I I specifically remember an episode, and that's what made me message you a while back, was the Stephanie Nielsen episode. Um about the lady who got into a plane accident. Yes. And yeah, that one really of her spoke, body had burned. Yeah, that one really spoke to me and I I was like I'm so thankful for the things that I can do every day and I don't even think about it. Okay, when does your little beanish make you smile uh-huh. the most? Um when she I love it when she just hugs me and kisses me um and says she always says you're my favorite mama well I'm her only mama but that's like she'll say stuff like that and we also have this little thing that we say to each other and it always makes me smile because she's like I just can't stop loving you that's what she always says to me and I always say it to her so um and she does make me smile when I realize too that something I said has stuck with her you know like to say thank you and excuse me and stuff like that so those little things like that it always puts a smile on my face oh little Edie do you have any questions for me how do you 
do this all the time. Like, how do you fit everything in? Because <laughs> uh, you're, I mean, you're your own, like, aren't you your own radio? Like, yeah. you take care of everything with this podcast. I do. It's like your second baby. So it how totally does it, is. I don't know. How do you do it all? Well, hmm. Okay, I'm totally <laughs> insane, first of all. Like, that's just uh, a trait I have. Um, I'm super tenacious. And <laughs> I would say I'm really lucky. My husband's been so supportive. So it's – I also have a babysitter. And then I just say no to everything else. And I feel like it makes me a better parent and it's brought so much meaning into my life. And then I get a message from you and – I just want to start crying because it means so much to me. And I'm like, I got to keep going, right? And I'm totally aware of the fact that if I'm editing last minute in the middle of the night, that like, look, you're at a hospital working your ass off for your family. So that always puts things in perspective for me. Right. And it just makes me want to put out better quality material for you because that's always in the back of my mind. Like you guys, you do not have time. And yeah. so if you're going to spend any of it listening to this show, I want it to be the best it can be. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's great. Cause I don't know what I do if it went away. Cause I'm like, I love atomic moms. So <laughs> when I called our next guest, Terry outside of Salt Lake city, I had to thank her for basically keeping our Facebook page running. Every time I post something on Facebook on our Atomic Moms page, she likes it first and she comments on it and she's listened to all of our episodes. I want to go ahead and do this for her. Dr. Drew, Susan Pinsky, Terry loves you, loves you passionately. Most of you guys know that I started Atomic Moms with the actress Bianca Kylik. Hi, Bianca. And she met her husband, Mike Catherwood when she was being interviewed on Loveline, because Mike Catherwood did Loveline with Dr. Drew. Hey, Terry. Hi, Allie. Hi. I know the voice. <laughs> yeah, have you been listening to Atomic Mom since we were on Loveline? Um, yes. Wow. I've listened from the very first episode. Oh my gosh, Terry. Yes. Which piece of advice has stuck with you the most? Oh my goodness, to be mindful. Hmm. Just to... When I get upset or when I, when I sit down with my kids, I'm like, how am I reacting to this? And is this, um, you know, is, am I making this decision for them or is it for me? Uh, we, yeah. I, we have three kids and I have a 15 year old, a 12 year old and a nine year old. They're all at different stages right now. And it's been in, an interesting ride with the help of, you know. Dr. Drew's, the way he, um, just everything that he teaches, it's just been so great. And then there's you and Bianca with your, okay, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You must sometimes roll your eyes like, oh man, this girl's got it coming. She only has a three-year-old. Just wait. Cause you're really in the <laughs> thick of it. No, I'm the youngest of 13. What? I have no idea what my siblings say to me. Yes. The youngest of 13? Wow. Uh -huh. I'm Navajo. Wow. Yeah. My, my, um, my dad was, um, married, um, first when he was 20 and he has 10 kids from that marriage. And then he married my mom 
later, later on when he thought his wife was sick. And, well, they thought she was going to pass away, so um, he was married my mom in place. Mm-hmm. And they have four kids. So one of them passed away, and all I know is 13 of them. So Do you keep in touch with them? them? Yeah, so. Yes, we're very um, <laughs> uncomfortably sometimes tight-knit. Wow. Where do you listen to your podcasts? I work for the Postal Service, and I literally type everybody's mail um, every night for eight hours. So you guys, you have no idea how much you help me with my sanity. Well, thank you for that work. I can't believe you just did this 8.30 a.m. call after working all night. You got to get back to bed. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? Oh, one thing my mom always told us. Be kinder to your husband and gentler with your kids. That's a great mom bomb. But one of my biggest things with um, just Dr. Drew, Bianca, everybody Mm -hmm. was um, raised kids who don't have to recover from their childhood. Yeah. That's my ultimate goal. Terry, thank you so much for sharing that. I wish I could share all of these conversations unedited, but then none of our children would ever get to school. But Terry, if you ever meet our next mom, Angelique, here's two talking points for y'all to hit it off. You both have huge, huge families. She's Greek. And you both have a thing for the silver fox, Dr. Drew. She also has a Jennifer Waldberger sleep training story to share. And, uh... I can't believe Jennifer Waldberger was the very first parenting expert that we ever reached out to. I think it's so cool how these people come on the show and they become a part of our Atomic Moms family. Also, I'm supposed to say Sarah Angelique is the best sister-in-law ever. Just kidding. She just told me to say hi. Thank you for listening, Sarah. Thank you for listening, everybody. I'm very excited to be speaking to you. I was wondering if Oh, my God. I'm so excited. (laughs) Me too. Okay. I'm wondering if you could first tell us like where where am I calling? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm sitting at my office in uh, Chelmsford, Massachusetts. That's so like 30 minutes north of Boston. Um, I am I'm an attorney. My brother and I have a practice together. So what? I'm at work right now. Yeah. That sounds like a TV show. And yeah, it should be. It should be like a reality TV show more than anything else. Um, it's pretty magical and crazy. And uh, it's like, if you've ever seen my big fat Greek wedding, like truly that's my life um, in like the best possible way. Are um, you Greek? Yo, yeah, <laughs> I am Greek. My um, my family is like super close in a way that's like, it's like a sickness. Do you know what I mean? Like we're, we're so close. And, you know, my dad had 12 brothers and sisters. So there's like a thousand cousins and um, you know, everybody's loud and crazy and in each other's business, but like, again, also in the best possible way. So, but my brother is 11 years older than me. So he started the practice, but I've worked with him like since high school. So, um, we're, we're a good team. That's for sure. That's amazing. Okay. And so your daughter, Penelope, she's 20 months old. And, uh, I'm wondering, will you share which episode resonated the most for you? So my favorite I'm calling it my favorite. It's the one that sort of gave me probably the most <laughs> anxiety, but the one I needed the most. Um, and, and the one that sort of meant the most to me and the one I passed along was the, I'm going to call it the sleep training episode. And I'm sure you have a much better. Um, it was the one with Jennifer Wahlberger on. Yeah. And 
my kid was a great sleeper. Like she was like this dream baby, great sleeper, never had a problem. I knew someday it would like come back (laughs) and haunt me. And, you know, lo and behold, she turned, you know, eight or nine months and started standing up and would wake up in the middle of the night, just want to party, like never really cried, never just would not go back to sleep. And I had heard the episode months before. I mean, when she was an infant, probably I'm taking my little walk and like, oh, yeah, I'm going to store this for later. And so after six weeks of just like, you know, being up for three hours in the night, ultimately ending up with her in the bed that nobody was sleeping. Um, I went back, I listened to the episode probably three more times. <laughs> um, and it wasn't, and then, then I made my husband listen to it. <laughs> it was like, I was gear. It's like, I was in training. I mean, that's what it felt like. Like I was, you know, <laughs> marathon training because it wasn't even just information you guys were saying, although that of course was helpful. It was just like the whole tone of it. And, you know, Jennifer's whole tone. And it was just like, her voice was so calming. And it was like the way she was describing, like, with such confidence, like this is, you know, you could do this and this is how it will be. And, and more importantly, like, here's why it's important. Here's the favor you're going to do for her. You know, ultimately I knew it would be harder for me than for her, (laughs) you know? Um, And uh, it was just, like I said, mostly and also it was just sort of like the tone of the, of the episode that stuck with me and really like made it like so easy to do. And, you know, like I said, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, she slept through the night and haven't, haven't had a problem since. And so therefore I have literally, and I think I told you this, passed you, passed this episode along to, you know, anyone and everyone who would listen. Is there anything you want to hear more of? What do you gravitate to? I don't know. Anything, everything. I love when you have, um, I love when you have your girlfriends on and just talk, um, you know, because, and this is getting back really to you, the, the vibe you're putting out, you know, like I mentioned, I listen to every single one of Dr. Drew's podcasts. Like, I don't feel like he's my pal, you know, but I feel like you and your girlfriends, you know, me and my girlfriends, we listen in and it feels like we could be doing like oddly what you and I are doing right now is just chatting. But even before this, like that we could be sitting in your family room. And I think that, is a credit to you and the vibe you put out of us all being kind of connected. And it, it clearly feels that way. And you're clearly putting that out there. Oh, thank you. Do you mind? Would it be okay? I said off the record, do you mind if I share that last little part on the show? Oh, yeah. <laughs> is that okay? You can, you can share whatever you want. Okay. I love it. Is there a piece of advice that you've gotten from the show that has helped you out? I think, I don't know if it's advice. It was really like a statement as I, that I thought of actually, as I was just having, saying that last thing to you about getting up at five, it was your friend from CNN that was on, and you'll have to forgive me, I forget yeah, her Kate name. Yeah, Baldwin. Yes. And she was talking about, and I'm going to paraphrase horribly, but that basically like balance is not a thing that yeah. like you can be great. Like there are times when I'm great at work and I suck at home or, you know, I'm awesome at home and I'm totally rocking. I feel like I'm like rocking motherhood. And then, um, as it happened, I'll show up to work with my dress inside out the next day, like just as, you know, like, uh, which has happened and, and feeling like I, and, and not notice until I'm in, you know, a networking, um, group meeting at 7am with 35 other professionals. So there it is. And that's okay. So basically after, so this what stuck with me was her thought that I was like, you know what, that is, that's okay. You're going to do great at some parts and not at the other parts and then it'll switch. And, uh, and that's, and, and not to feel like just like, you know, balance 
you know, I, I don't know, maybe right, that's like we're coming like up short. And like, think about it, but like, it's not a thing that's real for me. Yeah, <laughs> I hear okay. you. I love, I mean, I can also hear Kate in my head going like, I'm declaring war <laughs> on work-life balance. And yes, yes, that was, yes. That it was, was it's so helpful because we hear about work-life balance all the time. And then we try to hold ourselves up to that. And you realize like, well, I'm not feeling very balanced today. Does that mean I'm not cutting it? And it's like, no, something's got to give always. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Oh yeah. I think I may have yelled out like, yes, when she like said that. And I was in my car listening. (laughs) And um, I'm wondering, because obviously you have this huge Greek family. What is one thing? What's one thing your mother gave you that you'd like to pass on to your children? Oh, God. You know, I, when I referenced like my big technical, my mother lives through the woods from me. My brother has it and my sister-in-law, Sarah, you mentioned, have a nine-month-old and they live through the woods too. We all, you know, my sister's close by and we all want to be there. We all, like, I, I couldn't, my dad passed a few years ago and, you know, it's important that I'm near my mom because of that, but, but mostly it's selfish. It's mostly it's for me. And mostly it's because I, I want her to have the relationship with Penelope that I had with my grandmother who lived through the woods, you know, mm-hmm. from me. Um, and so on one hand, it's like, she taught me everything. And on the other hand, I can't articulate and I'll ask her like, how did you do this? How did you make it so that we all want to be here with you still? You know, <laughs> like, man, if, 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 <laughs> if that's brainwashing, like I need in on this. I mean, how crazy is that? Angelique's mom still has everybody wanting to be together. We got to crack that code. We got to solve that Greek mystery. Angelique also had me laughing so hard about her loud Greek family versus her very, very quiet Taiwanese in-laws. To close out our mom group circle, we're going to be speaking now with Amy in Nova Scotia. I am in Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada, um, close to Maine. So if you know where Maine is, we can drive there. So I imagine a lot of lighthouses. That's what I see. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's all all lighthouses, definitely. Really? (laughs) Oh yeah, like that's that's the biggest we our biggest landmark in ha- in Nova Scotia is Peggy's Cove, um, and that is where the lighthouse is and the rocks are really unique, so people like to go there. What was your favorite episode of Atomic Moms? Any, I think you've done a few with her, but any episode with Dr. Shafali, um, they've yeah. always just hit the marks. Like every time I've listened to her, I just kind of on the floor. And I'm like, yes, this is exactly what I needed to hear. Everything that she says, uh, it just like my whole body reverberates with like, yes, yes, this is it. When are you happiest being a mom? I am happiest when I'm making something. So I write. So that is a big part of that. And I like to perform. So that's another part of it. If I feel like I'm in the middle of something and in the middle of creating something, I just feel like I'm fulfilled. So that to me makes me the best version of myself to be the best version of a mom, I guess. Okay. You recently had your play at the Atlantic Fringe Festival. It's called Mm -hmm. The Mom Show or The Most Boring Show Ever. That's the title. And uh, will you tell us a little bit about it? 
Yeah, sure. It's a uh, one-woman show that I developed just on, uh, on a yoga mat. So the the character that I play is just a, a woman, kind of, and she goes through her pregnancy, her birth, and her postpartum on a yoga mat. She does. Um, I do like the whole like a whole yoga routine, um, a whole yoga flow, as they say. And it's a dramedy, so it's it's comedy, but at the same time, it hit, kind of hits all those things that as new moms we feel, which is the overwhelm, which is the, you know, the, the feelings of, oh, like all of a sudden now my body is out for everyone to comment on now that I have a baby bump and all these different things. So for me, it was a good avenue to get out my feelings about motherhood with a kind of a tongue-in-cheek way, with especially with the title. <laughs> Why did you call it the most boring show ever? I know that in your other interviews that you did, like for news channels and stuff, they'd ask you, but I'm also curious. It's to me, like there's a few reasons why I called it that. And one one of them definitely is that it's it's a joke. Like obviously becoming a mom is not boring at all. It's full of stuff. It's full of things to discover. There are Um, boring moments. Let me tell you, there are. Right, there are. There are where you're like, oh, my goodness. But I think, and that's where the other reason came into play, which is sometimes I just got so sick and tired of talking about being a mom or talking about being, like, when people would ask, like, how's it going? Or I would just kind of get, I would get so bored of it. And and it gets to the point where, you know, the beginning of becoming a mom, I put all these uh, podcasts on my phone and yours is the only parenting mom podcast that is left because all the other ones make me sick and tired. Why? Tell me so, why. Make me feel good for a minute. I need I think, this. Why? <laughs> because I, I seek realness and I, I seek um, just a, a real perspective on life. And I feel like it's just either complaining, only complaining, because I mean, obviously we all need grace and we all need the ability to get our um, feelings out but if I feel like it's only ever negative or it's just um it's just talk it just doesn't feel deep so your show has always felt really deep for me it's always given me something to grow on personally not just not just as a, a mother but just as a human being I'm so I think that's why your show resonated with me is because it's it's yeah I relate to it as a new mom but I also relate to it as just a human walking on this earth oh thank you Putting you on the spot, is there anything that you really wish the other listeners or moms out there would could hear? Is there anything you want to tell them? I I felt this strongly when I was writing the mom show or the most boring show ever. <laughs> uh, which what I wanted to resonate through the show was that as moms, as parents, but especially as women. Um, the sense of worthiness that so many of us don't feel um, is something that we have. I don't want to say we have to, because I don't want to put that on people, but I would, I would love to communicate that. I think we are worthy to take care of ourselves or to give ourselves what we need to be good parents, to be good people, um, to be balanced people. So I think that was something I was, really discovering through the show was that sometimes you just have to do something that gives yourself permission to feel whole, to feel balanced. And it may look selfish to somebody else, but that whole perspective thing is very twisted because 
you know, what looks selfish is often what is going to give you that ability to give out again. And I think that when we're taking care of little people, um, the best thing we can do for them is to be as whole as we can be. So yeah, that's, that's it. Every episode we close out with the following, but today I'm going to let a listener in Northern California, Miss Natalie, take the honors. Natalie, please take us away. Hi, Ellie. My name is Natalie. I'm calling from Northern California, uh, Los Gatos. And I just wanted to say that I love your podcast. I just happened upon it um, when I was going through something with my postpartum depression. So it is truly an inspiration. It's one of my favorite things to do every week. And thank you so much. I love Atomic Mamas. Trust in your goodness. Live out your greatness and rock on, Atomic Mom. 